And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Get to more of your worst bets made and paid. Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity on a Friday, 489-1240. Jacob Padilla joins us at Jacob Padilla underscores where you follow him. Read him with Hale Varsity. Jacob, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Know you're on your way to volleyball. Want to start off, though, with Husker basketball news. Get your reaction and take to Braden Frager, really talented player with Southwest, pulling the trigger with Coach Hoiberg in Nebraska. Yeah, first of all, um, an explosive athlete. Uh, like some, some of the stuff that he's able to do on a court, I haven't really seen much of at this level uh, covering high school basketball in Nebraska. So kid's big, strong, can really jump out of the gym, goes hard to the basket, and he can shoot. He shot 42% uh, from, uh, from three during the high school season as a sophomore. Wasn't crazy high volume, but showed that he could uh, can, can knock down shots. So, um a guy that has kind of Big Ten measurable, which uh, hasn't always been the case for a lot of kids coming out of Nebraska where you get some good good high school players but uh, don't quite have the, the size, the athleticism to, to earn an offer uh, from Nebraska, creating Redbird to play in some of these high major conferences. Berger is a little different than a lot of guys that we've seen in recent years, or the last couple of years at least. And um, I think it's a, it's a big gift from Nebraska. For, I think for Nate Lenzer in particular, the assistant who ever since that he's kind of stepped into more uh, more of a hands-on recruiting role, he's, he's done his due diligence. He's invited a ton of guys to campus. He's gone out and watched local kids play in their games. He's followed guys this, during the summer. Um, so he's a guy that really kind of started building building those bridges back up for, for the program. And so now it, it, uh, that effort is paying off with, a, with an early commitment from uh, a talented player right uh, right there in their backyard. Jacob, long-term, what do you think the plan is going to be for Frager and how he's utilized at Nebraska? Because you look at that, that six-foot-six frame, there's a lot you can do there. Do you think he's going to be more of what, what Sam Griesel was to this Husker basketball team last year, being a, a rangy defender at the point spot? You think he's more Siobhan Shields playing off-ball and using that athleticism to get, to get to the rim? How do you see him being utilized once he gets on campus? Yeah, I think he's more of a true wing. Uh, he's He's still a little raw uh, in terms of skill set and kind of understanding of the game. At this point, it's kind of more talent than uh, refinement in terms of how he gets things done. Uh, but he does make things happen. So he's a guy that I think is going to fit well into Nebraska's up-tempo system um, where he's really good in the open floor, getting to the basket and finishing. Uh, and he can get downhill and kick it out to shooters as well, just with, uh, again, the force he's able to put on the rim. And if he draws help, he can make that that, that kind of kick, uh, that, that skip pass out to the shooters on the weak side um, once he collapses the defense. So um, I think that'll be the role for him, kind of more running the wing, play, playing off the ball, um, but a guy that can get to the rim, can flash, and uh, can step out and knock down shots too. Jacob Padilla is with us on Hill Varsity Radio. Jacob, this is kind of the latest installment of a string of local guys, either – coming back to play for Nebraska or committing to Nebraska. What does that mean for this coaching staff being able to secure that local talent? Even if they didn't start with Nebraska, they're here now. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Frager's the first high school uh, scholarship recruit from Lincoln to commit to Nebraska. Or that, that actually made it to Nebraska, committed and made it to Nebraska since Jake Muleisen in, in 2001. 
obviously Donovan Williams was committed for a bit out of Lincoln North Star, but uh, ended up going to Oklahoma State after the, the coaching change. So um, it's, it's been a long time, uh, over two decades, since someone from Lincoln has committed to Nebraska out of high school. And the last couple of years we saw with, with Sam Breesel, uh and then this year with Josiah Alec, they've been able to bring some, uh, some hometown kids back into the program as transfers to, to kind of help um, this program really ingratiate itself with the fan base to uh, kind of set that culture that Hoiberg's been trying to instill in the last couple of years here, um, ever since he kind of made some changes in how he's been operating. So um, I think it's just continuing with that. Just, um, like I said, it's good to, to see like, uh, for a guy like Lenzer that's put into work, seeing it, it rewarded here with, with a talented player and I mean, you, you want to keep as many in-state kids home as, as possible, and it's even better when uh, that kid is, is from your city and has grown up going to your games, watching your games, uh, and seeing guys like Sam Briso come into the program and succeed. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good spot for Breaker, and it's a good get for Nebraska as well. Jacob, let's talk a little bit about Nebraska as the season's around the corner. What's your outlook for the Big Red this year? You look at the pieces, you, you hear the excitement in Fred's voice, and you just know that they're, they're a different Nebraska from a depth standpoint and also some returning firepower. Yeah, I think it's, it's a more well-rounded team than, than we've seen thus far under Hoiberg. Um, I think they're a little bit more skilled than they were last year in terms of they've got some shooting, some ball handling, things like that. Um, obviously, they've got a little bit more size. We'll have to see kind of plays K to status and how, how that plays out going into the season. But they've been praising a Matar Joe uh, as a freshman for what he brings uh, as well. So that's another option they've got in the front court. Uh, they've got experience. That's a huge thing in college basketball, as we all know. Uh, they've got a lot of fourth and fifth-year seniors and um, guys that have played in the, the program for multiple years. Don't. Do we have you? Is all right. How do they match up with other teams in the Big Ten that are also uh, well-rounded and they've got good players and um, are bringing some important pieces back too? So, like that's ultimately kind of the question. I think they're going to be a quality team this year. It's just how do they compare? How do they stack up to the competition? I think they'll do well enough in the in the non-conference to, to feel good heading into the Big Ten, and then it, it'll just depend on all right, which of these other Big Ten teams can they knock off? And that's kind of the, the ultimate question, right? What, what's the ultimate talent level compared to the Big Ten teams? In terms of putting together a roster, um, I, I think they've done a good job with that. Jacob, we let off this show by talking bad bets. Would it be a bad bet to put down a futures bet on this Husker basketball squad to make the NCAA tournament? It does feel like Fred needs to make some progress this season, at least in my opinion. Is it a bad bet to, to get Nebraska in the NCAA tournament, or is, or is there some value there in your mind? Well, I mean, I haven't seen what the actual odds are. I don't know that, like, that's where I would bet. I mean, I'm sure they, that's kind of like their internal expectations. Like, that's the goal that you always want to set. Like, anytime you go into season, you're telling the kids, hey, we, we think we can get here. Um, where they were last year, too, making the tournament, that's still quite a bit of a jump. Um, I mean, any kind of postseason at all. Like, I mean, even an NIT birth, uh, a better than 500 record, like, that would show progress. That would show that, hey, they're continuing to, to move forward from where they were uh, a couple of years ago to where they were last year to where they are this year. 
um, like I said, to, to make that jump from not just a postseason team but to an NCAA tournament team, that's going to take knocking off some of these uh, top half uh, teams in the Big Ten. Um, so that's kind of where where the uh, kind of how it lays out there. Like I think they'll be good enough to, to be in the mix for a postseason berth at the end, which would be a good sign. And if you feel like, hey, um, I these guys, I think they're going to overperform what the expectations are nationally and in terms of what the, the betting market says, then I mean, it's not the worst bet in the world. Like I don't know that you're throwing away money, but like I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't pick them to, to make the tournament this year just because the, the Big Ben's so tough. But I, I do think they'll be a postseason. I will also stick with the betting theme, and this is going to be more so of a Big Ten outlook question for you, Jacob. Are you personally going to bet on the favorites, Purdue and Michigan State, or are you putting your bet on the field to win the Big Ten in the regular season? Ooh, well, if you're giving me both those teams, then I'd probably go ahead and go with the favorites. Um, and now if you were giving just Purdue against the field, then you probably just have to play the, the odds there, but... Uh, I, I know people that uh, Purdue has left a bad taste in people's mouths the last couple of years with their postseason performances, but they are they are an absolute monster during the regular season. And it should be better this year with kind of the experience or the players gained and everything they bring back. Obviously, Zach Eady being the most important one there. Uh, and, and we know Michigan State is loaded as well, bringing back uh, most of their teams from last year and adding. Uh, keep these or two to that mix as well. So um, I, I think those two probably, I, I haven't necessarily dug deep into every roster in the Big Ten and uh, done that sort of thing yet, but like, just off the top, like, yeah, if you give me those two versus the field in terms of winning a regular season title, then I, I, I think it's the favorite about it. Jacob, last thought here about uh, 90 seconds. Let's talk volleyball this weekend. You're headed down to see the Big Red. Yeah, uh, kind of a weird, weird weekend where you're they're facing Michigan State again uh, a week after they, they faced them in East Lansing last week. That's, uh, that's a nice match, and they gave some trouble up there. They they got off to a slow start, but Nebraska rallied to win that in four, and now less than a week later you see them again. And then the night after that is one of the biggest rivalries this, this program has um, with Penn State coming to town. Penn State's established themselves as clearly a top three team in the Big Ten. There are only three teams left that haven't lost yet in conference play, uh, and that would be uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Penn State. Those are the top, the top three offensive and defensive teams in the conference. So um, this will be probably Nebraska's, I mean, not probably, Nebraska's best test uh, of the season outside of Stanford. And so on a Saturday night uh, in a pack of Annie, uh, I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere tomorrow night. So... Fun weekend of volleyball on that. Jacob, do you like the timing with this matchup with Penn State coming one week before the game that everyone in the state's looking forward to with uh, Wisconsin coming to town? That's the, the one that could have some some national eyes watching that one as well, one versus two. Does this Penn State game come at a, a, a right time to you to get geared up for that, or do you worry about a possible letdown spot for this Husker volleyball team? Yeah, no, I don't think uh, I don't think this program is looking ahead to that Wisconsin match at all, knowing just the respect they have for Penn State and kind of the, the way this Penn State team is made, where they added basically two of the best players in the conference from other Big Ten teams, with, uh, with Mac Pedraza at setter and Justin Ruzik at upside hitter from, uh, from Michigan. So it, it's a team that I think 
has Nebraska's full attention. Uh, don't need to worry about them looking ahead, I would imagine, because they know this is the, the next step. Like we've, we've seen um, to, to, to win a conference title, they're going to have to go through the, 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 all the top teams, and Penn State is very firmly right there in, in their way for that. Jacob Padilla with us from Ale Varsity at Jacob Padilla underscore is where you follow him. He'll have all the volleyball you need. Jacob, great stuff on Husker Hoops, some volleyball, and, and thanks for your time today. Yep, good talking to you guys. There he is, Jacob Padilla. Good stuff can find if you just missed part of that podcast. It'll be posted later. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, we'll dive into some of the weekend matchups and a Nebraska's wide receiver production.